out of the out of the scripture Isaiah 15 verse 4 years ago when I saw that I said oh my god this is so true unless God allows me to see I can't see you read the scripture but it doesn't make any difference in your life but God opens it because of this prayer and so I decided we're going to be praying this for our church every member and pray it from your heart it's a prayer to God the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ears to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. Amen. Every time God really opens your ear, you will never turn away from it because God is giving you revelation. And the revelation is what changes you. I'm going to do something today. It says in Isaiah, I'm reading the scripture, uh, beginning my message. The mighty word of God, this is the third part. And uh, what the word of God does in our life. We're going to go into, into that. But Isaiah 44 verse 26, 26 says, who confirms the words of his servant. Notice the servant there is not capitalized. Right? That's the minister. God confirms the words of the minister, his servant. And performs the counsel of his messengers. So I am a messenger of the living God. I know that. He called me to do this. So today I'm going to bless you. In the name of Jesus. Whatever your heart's desire is, I bless you today. God's going to give that to you. This coming year, before the year ends, whatever you desire from him, God is going to make it available to you. The blessings of God in the name of Jesus will come upon you and overtake you. This coming year, that's going to be your experience. You will have peace like you've never seen by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's going to give that to you. God will give you great vision. You will see yourself in a different platform because of what God's going to do in your life. Financially, you will never lack anything in the name of Jesus. You will always have, if you need a job, the kind of job that you need, God will give you something much greater than that. This coming year in the name of Jesus, I speak those, those words as a servant of the living God. And by the grace of God, I have been following the Lord faithfully by the grace of God, not sinless. But faithful. So I know God has called me. And God's going to do this in the name of Jesus according to the scriptures. God's going to do it according to the scriptures. He confirms the words of his servant. So this coming year, get ready to get to another level of faith in God. Exploits in the kingdom of God. Doing things that you never believe you will ever do. Those things are coming your way in the name of Jesus. You will speak words that you will be amazed of. Because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus said, when you stand before them, don't wonder about what you're going to say. The Spirit of God is going to give you those words to say to those around you in the name of Jesus. If you have a business, your business is going to another level. Your business will be blessed. Everything that's been eating your profit, God will kick out of your life and out of your business in the name of Jesus. Whatever you are doing, whatever you set your hands to do, God will prosper this coming year. You will be amazed at what God will do, at what God will do in your life. You will never lack, according to Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want... That will be your portion 
this coming year. If you just started a business and you're struggling, I feel that deep inside of me, somebody started a new business and you're struggling, God's going to change everything. God's going to change everything. And in your place of employment, you will experience what I call unusual favor. They just like you, they don't know why. They want to promote you, they don't know why. They tell you things that they won't tell everybody, says, I, I can't trust you. That's going to happen to you in the name of Jesus. This year, that's coming. 2021 is going to be a different year for our church. The word of God says, the Bible says, we're talking about what the word of God does for us. The word of God will heal. And he says very clearly there, he sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. I usually put the word all their destructions. What we're talking about, the mighty word of God. Everything God does is through his word. God cannot heal except through his word. Many times you pray for people who are sick after speaking the word. I don't heal them. I've come to be realized it's the word that does it. So I speak the word that I find in the scriptures that God has ministered to me and I share those with them. And while I'm speaking, the word will act for itself. The word is Jesus in in the flesh. Because the Bible tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was God. So is that word that God sent to us that brings healing to us and delivers us from all our destructions, all the plans of Satan against your life to destroy you, the word of God puts them to naught. And that's your portion for this coming year. Our portion. We are never to be afraid of anything. Amen? Never. Jesus says, in me you have peace, but in the world you have tribulation. I wish here in the world, yeah, the enemy is going to come. But regardless of what he, he brings to our lives, Jesus says, I have given you peace. He didn't say, I took the troubles away. I'm going to give you peace because the trouble is going to disappear. And you have peace. So you maintain your peace. So that's what the word says. He says his word and healed them. And I believe this word by the grace of God. This is the word that heals. As you hear the word, the word begins to act in your life and brings deliverance in every area, all your destruction. And there will be no destruction in our church this coming year in the name of Jesus. There was a year past, if you've been in our church for a while, where I declared nobody's permitted to die in our church for that one year. I remember Pastor Andy telling me, Please include all of our families, even if they don't come to our church. I said, that's not what I heard. <laughs> and Pastor Andy just loves people. I bet you do what. And we have very serious circumstances. Life flight to Galveston. And everybody thought it's over for this person. It was so bad. They got to Galveston. The symptoms were there. But the doctor says, nothing's wrong with you. And the symptoms left, and she drove back, no fly back to Houston. <laughs> and that was the case. I remember Papa Smith, if you go, we call that Smith Hall. After I said that, a few days later, I heard that Papa Smith was talking about he's been, t- I'm so tired, I want to go home. I said, oh, that's not a good thing. So I tricked him to stop play- praying for people at the altar. And he got into it and forgot about going home to be with Jesus. I was glad. Nobody was going to die that year. He forgot about it. The word is the one that, that heals us. He's the Lord Jesus himself. The word will also give you your heart's desire. 
The word gives you your heart's desire. Let me read this scripture to you in John chapter 15, verse 7. It says, if you abide in me, I guess I mentioned this last Sunday. If you abide in me. And so there are two things. It's not just abiding in Jesus and going to the church. If you abide in me and my word. You see, my word abides in you. Amen. That's what it says. If you, if you, so it's a conditional thing. You can decide to stay with Jesus or go your own way the way you think. But if you're going to stay, abide in Jesus, meaning make your living in Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. And it shall be done for you. So there are two things. We read scriptures and we just, it's just nice. And we don't take into consideration. If you want God to meet all your heart's desire, stay with Jesus and allow his word to abide in you. And these things will be done. There's a scripture that makes it very clear. He says, in, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Remember that? But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe, that you may observe to do all that is written in it. So is the word, when you speak the words constantly from your mouth and you abide in Christ, the words that you speak from your mouth in meditation, that's muttering to yourself, those words begin to get into your spirit. So now the words, are, the words that you've been speaking now abide in you. Because as soon as they, if they slap you, oh, what does that? What does this scripture say? Uh, God so loved the world. We all know that, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. So you know the scriptures. And you're constantly in your heart. That's when the word of God is abiding in you. And if the word of God abides in you, you ask what you will. So this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth. Listen to what he's saying. Don't let it get out of your mouth. Keep saying it. There's one thing to know the scriptures. Angela and I will do that. We just speak the scriptures. During times of prayer, we maintain those scriptures. So you pray scriptures. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Meditate. It's prayer. In it. Speak in it. Mot- the word meditate, actually, muttering, muttering, muttering to yourself. Have you seen the holy, holy men that you see in videos? They, they sit in with their hands crossed and they are speaking things to themselves, right? Well, this is meditating. You speak those things. He says, when you do that, you will observe to do all that is written in it. For then you shall make what your way prosperous. Because of the word inside of you, the desires of your heart begin to be manifested in your life. For then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. Not bad success. This is the scripture, the word of God. It can fail. We're just not there. Or not willing and we don't believe it enough to act on it. But God wants simple obedience. You want your life changed? You can take one scripture... And said, I'm going to do this. I remember years ago, I took Isaiah, I mean, um, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15, 16, all the way down. And I said to myself, uh, Paul prayed this prayer constantly for this church. Who's going to pray for me? Paul is no longer here. I need somebody to pray for me. 
And something inside me said, pray those same scriptures. Paul says, I always pray for you. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may know the hope of your calling. And so I decided, I'm going to be praying this scripture. I'm going to be praying this scripture. I remember reading or listening to Kenneth Hagin not too long ago. Those same scriptures, he started praying them. He said every single day, he's probably a thousand times. He says any opportunity he gets, he will go to the sanctuary because they used to have passage. You remember that? And he'll go there and, and open that scripture and pray to himself. And nothing seemed to happen. I remember one time he, says, uh, Satan, he was praying and Satan said to him, uh, nothing is happening. And he said, okay, if you say that, I, I think he had prayed for about an hour or so. And he, he, Satan says, you've been praying to this God. He said, nothing is happening. He said, if you say that again, I'm going to go for another one hour. And he spoke, he went for an hour. And then after he stood up, Satan knows not to go back there. Because he will pray for another hour. But he, started, he said, I started speaking, praying that scripture. And then all of a sudden, you know what happened? That really touched me. Oh, because I've, re- I've read over and over again that Jesus will pull a chair and sit and talk to this man. I said, wow, this is interesting. He said, after he had been praying that prayer... For a long time, and nothing was happening, but he kept on. He kept on it for maybe I don't know how long. He says thousands of times he was just praying that same scripture over and over, that God would give him the spirit of revelation and the knowledge in the knowledge of Him, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And then all of a sudden, one day, Jesus just appeared. I sat down and talked to him for a long time. And I think he said Jesus appeared during that period about four times. Talking to him. Personally, those seats, and he sits there talking to him. I didn't read that before I saw that scripture. And I said, I've got to pray this for myself. And you know what happened? It didn't take long. Once I started looking at scriptures, things, I see things like... I never saw before. And usually I would just think everybody knows what I'm talking about, what I'm thinking, and what I saw in the scripture. Until I open my mouth and they turn around and say, where did you get that from? And I said, I thought all of you know this. We don't know that. This, the word of God works. God gives you the desires of your heart. The word works. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Listen to this. Verse 10 says, With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your words. See that? This is David praying. Let me not wander let me not go away from your words. You're speaking to God that the word has its place. The word has its place. I want you to go with me to Psalm 119 which part of the scripture I just used now, beginning from verse 9. The word of God cleanses your way. A lot of people don't understand there is a way for every one of us that God has created for you to walk. Your way is not my way. Your calling is not my calling. Please remember this. I said it to you before, possibly last week. Uh, uh, T.L. Osborne was saying, clearly, ministers will say, especially in the churches where they practice a lot 
they want to be very spiritual. And they say, well, and I've said it too. And I'm, I'm wrong. I was wrong. Because I say, if you are prophet, when God gives a prophecy, he goes to this person. And if they don't say it, he goes to the other person. That's what we always believe. But he said, no, no, no. You're created different from everybody else. Your assignment until the world ends. Nobody can do what God created you to do. They were not created to do the same things that God created you to do. That's a lie. If it's not done by you, it will never be done. Your smile is different from another person's smile. The way you look is different from another person. The way you talk, your personality is different. Your personality can reach some other people, some people, but you may not be able to reach somebody else. God created us different. And so believe that God has an assignment for your life. And Satan cannot thwart that assignment. Stay with it. Don't ever call yourself, I'm just a nobody. No, there's nobody like that. There's nobody that is a nobody. You made yourself a nobody. Because you believe the lie. And accepted that you are nobody and you are not able to do anything or even reach anybody. That's a lie. You are somebody. Especially if you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's not ordinary. That's never ordinary. That's very high spiritual attainment. And we take, take, take it as if we're nobody, we can't do anything. No, you can. Dream. Through the word. Dream through the word. And God will fulfill it. It cleanses your way. There is a way. He says, how can a young man cleanse his way? Notice not his ways. Right? Your way. By taking heed according to your word. By taking heed according to your word. So when you share the word, he touches your heart, you act on it. I just told you, I saw Isaiah 50 verse 4 and 5, and he talked about God has given me the ear of the learned. Immediately, I've got to do something about this word. I don't know what it will bring to me, but that's what God said. And I got to pray that prayer. That God will give me the ears of the learned. So when I hear, I can go beyond what I'm hearing. Amen? God can do that. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I sought you. See, that's the, that's the whole thing. God says, you will find me. When you seek me or search for me with all your heart. He knows where you are playing games. And a lot of people are playing games. The thing that is so dangerous about that, God, I pray that while you are still playing games and God knows you are play, playing, playing games, that you don't pass into the other world. If you do, the regret is forever. I've, I've always said to myself, and I'm going to say to Christians, when judgment day comes, those who didn't know God and were wicked and didn't accept him, that punishment is different from the one, because when you die, you won't take anything from the earth, nothing. But you remember everything. You know why? <laughs> if you are going to be judged of something you don't remember, that's nuts. What's this? I didn't do that. So you remember everything. You remember it. You, you, when you die, that's the only thing you take with you, your mind. Because that's what you're going to be judged from, what happened in your mind and in your soul. You remember those. So the pain I feel is if you die 
and playing games with God, and nobody knows when this can happen, especially when you're playing games with God, you're open to the enemy. He can take you out at any time. And he has the right. So thank God people are praying that people are praying for you. Amen? If you have people praying for you, you may be covered. Because God will answer their prayer. I pray that that. But when you go into the other world and you're sitting in a church playing games with God, <laughs> you will remember that all for eternity. You're thinking about it. Why didn't I make the decision when this thing happened? Because every single day that is alive, you remember. When the pastor gave us a call, why didn't I listen? When the word came to me to cleanse my way, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I have a heart for God? If you pray to God and you say to God, I don't know what's happening to me. Why am I feeling so dry? I need God. God help me. Watch out. Watch out. That's a high, high prayer. When it comes out from your being and you are truly crying to God, even if you feel dry at that point, that's a high prayer. Watch out. Because a watershed is coming. Amen. A watershed is coming. With my whole heart, I sought for you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. So you're seeking God. I want your word. It's the mighty word of God. I think God has put it clearly in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. He does nothing apart from his word. How regrettable. That the Christians spent a long 30, 50 years not even knowing scriptures. Because you never read it. You never gave your heart to it. It's through the word. (laughs) Not just prayer. You got to know the word. It says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. That's what the Bible says. As I go back to Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from my mouth. And I meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do all. So it's the word that gives you the power to observe. It's the word. It's not condemning you. It's the word that gives you the power. Even if he's saying, don't you do this. That's the power. Not to, to, I mean, to observe everything the word has said. So the key is the word. So when somebody is not willing to go to church to hear the word, and you're not studying the word at home, guess what? You're going out. You're losing life. Because the Bible says, in him was life. In the word was life. So when you have the word in you, guess what you have? Life. Life from God. And Satan cannot do anything about it. You may be tested. My wife showed me something. <laughs> he says the righteous will be tested. Everybody's going to be tested. But when you are righteous, God protects you. The word also gives you hope and life. He says, Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Remember the words to your servant on which you have caused me to hope. If you are going to have true hope, it's got to be through the word. When God has given a promise, that's your hope. But if you don't know the promise, what hope do you have? What if if circumstance comes into your life that's about to destroy you? You have nothing to hold on to. But this psalmist is saying, Lord, remember the word that you gave to your servant on which you caused me to hope in my dangerous situation, difficult situation. That's the only hope we have. The word of God that is given to us. 
Can you get it, people? The word of hope that is given to us, that we can trust God no matter what's going on in our lives. Even if the enemy is oppressing our family and things are going really wrong, you know that the word of God has been given to you for you to have hope. In a difficult circumstance, you still have hope and peace. And your friend says, how can you be so peaceful? And you're joking as if nothing is happening. And we know what you're going through. How are you able to handle it? I can handle it. And you say, the word of God in me. The word of God that God has given to me. So I can have peace. Even in the times of difficulty, I still have peace. Listen to this. It says, this is my comfort in my affliction. What is his comfort? The word that God gave him to cause him to hope. Even in his difficult circumstance, he's holding on to that hope. And he says, God, remember. Remember what you said. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man. That he should repent. In other words, turn against his word. If he has said he will do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. When God says something, he, will, he may not, when he says he will make it good. Meaning there may be a time factor there. Where the enemy is trying to make you to lose hope. You remember Jeremiah 29 verse 11? The Bible tells us very clearly, God's not against you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a hope and a future. So your future is bright. Amen. Can you say that today? My future is bright. That's too weak. That's anemic. That's anemic. Let's go again. My future is bright. Uh, That's halfway gone. (laughs) We're going to really yell it. If you really mean it, stand up now. I'm not through my sermon, but stand up. Listen, what you say in the word of God. He's giving you hope and the future. God said that in his word. So we can say it. My future is bright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can sit down now. I can continue. Because I still have time to preach. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's going to do for our church this coming year. And I can feel it. You know my greatest joy? It's not me ministering to people. I enjoy seeing those that I've worked with doing it. I probably just like to sit back and watch what God is doing through them. It gives me a lot of pleasure. I I don't know why. It's just the way I feel. I don't feel like I can do anything that anybody else cannot do. And we all can do it. Amen. All of us. All of us. If, by the grace of God, good luck and Angela can plant a church, <laughs> you can too. Amen? You can. You can. If God called you to do that, be open. Talk to me. We can pray together. I just don't want to feel to do our fellowship. That's good. That's just one place. Amen? I want to see God's people being who they are. Many times we are looking to a man, supposedly he's a pastor, that's okay, because God has put it. But think, God has an assignment for you that he didn't give to the pastor. And the pastor cannot do your assignment for you. That's given to you. Just like Jonathan came up this morning, that's not for me. It's, it's so good. My first preaching in Houston was in the street. We call it street church. Some of us who were with me in uh, the our previous church. That's where I, that was where I preached in Houston. 
I loved it. Under the bridge with microphone, yelling at uh, homeless people. An angel that will make bowls of, uh, of uh, large bowls of uh, spaghetti and meatball. And we give it to the, these uh, street people. They all come and eat and then they sit down. And I was glad to preach there. Not thinking about anything in church. That was the place. You can start somewhere. Amen. To give you a future and a hope. Remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. This is my comfort and my affliction. Listen to this. For your word has given me what? What gave you life? What gave you life? Can death be in life? No. And when we're talking about life, we're not just talking about breathing, right? Involves every area of your life. Amen. Every area of your life, the word will give you life. If any area of your life is dying today, because you have heard this word, and because I'm by the grace of God, I'm a servant, that area of your life will come alive in Jesus' name. That area of your life will come alive in Jesus' name. This coming year, you will have testimonies. Not testimony, but testimonies. Let me say it in my accent, okay? (laughs) Testimonies for God. One after the other. And you go, I don't even know where to start. Because you are so excited about the things God is going to do. He's doing in your life. Amen. To give you hope. Let me talk about how powerful this word is. In our born again experience. You know, I used to wonder, when you read in the New Testament, Jesus said, except you are born again, right? And all you hear is saved, saved, saved. And they don't talk, they don't ever use the word born again very much. Have you found out that? But Peter who possibly was with Jesus. Who possibly was with Jesus when those words were spoken for the first time on this earth. When Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, remember that? That was the first time that word born again was spoken on the earth. Nobody's ever said anything like that. Even to Nicodemus, that didn't make sense. What are you talking about? Born again? You want me to go back to my mother's womb and be born again? That was a new concept. Never have been. Meaning you can be born and then you are born again. If you are born again, you can be the same person. You totally changed. And we've seen that in the lives of people and Peter made it clear here. Having been born again... Not of what? Corruptible seeds, but incorruptible. So the word of God, he tells us, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So the word of God is what brought the born again experience to your life. It's the word of God that transformed your life. I was talking to my son, was it this morning or yesterday? This morning, uh, Omar, God has blessed me with good children. And all my children are here this morning. I'm so glad. I don't know what to do with myself. Because they are not always together at the same time. But I was talking to him. If somebody, anyone who knew me before I got saved, I'm not the same person. They don't know me. Sometimes they say things and I say, that's not me. You don't know me. Most, I believe some of my family members, they have not been around me a lot. They don't know who I am. My life totally changed. I was telling my son, different from what he was before I got born again. Totally different. Focus different. Everything different. 
And that came through the transformation of the word of God. That brings life. That brings life. And abides forever. It's incorruptible. The word of God is incorruptible. So when you speak the word of God into a person's life, that one's not going to die. Leaves. So we should be speaking. Speak the word to your children. Speak the word to yourself. Speak the word. Because it's an incorruptible seed. A seed is meant to reproduce, right? To produce. Sow the seed. Every time you speak the word, it transforms you. If you can change a man's life, he changes anything in the man's life. Speak the word. Say the words. My, uh, Pastor Michael was speaking about that this morning. Even, even, even in our prayers. Even in our prayers. Some of the words you read in scriptures were really prayers from these people. They were crying out to God. And he answered them. He answered them. Our church. I want people who know the word and are speaking the word. In my early life, all I wanted to see, just to see a miracle. I yearned to see a miracle in my early Christian life. I just want to be around when somebody received a miracle. My friend that came here, was it last Sunday? Yeah. He called me, he called, he wrote to me, he's doing much better. He, he's working, he believes he's going to get much, much, much better. But when he talked to me, you could see the sadness in his voice from Mississippi. And he says, good luck, I'm tired. This is a man I knew years way back. So I told him, please come. Come, come. come to church. We have people that can pray for you. And I was surprised he took me. He says, I'm coming from Mississippi. Drove from Mississippi with his wife. Our God is great. Our God is great. We can trust him. He's faithful. Very, very faithful. Even when we are unfaithful. He loves you so much. If there's something in your heart today that says God doesn't love you, he's, he's forsaking you, doesn't remember you, you are not in his thoughts, you are in his thoughts like crazy. Let me use the word. If a man has a hundred sheep, right? And one is hurting. He leaves the 91. That's what Jesus said. He leaves the 99 and goes after that. And if you are hurting today, you are that person. He's after you. He's more with you than he's with me. If you're really hurting. Really, really hurting. His word brings hope to us. Born again through this incorruptible seed. I like this scripture. That's how you got born. The question is, most Christians get born and they stay just get born. They stay there. They don't ever aspire to go another level. That's what Angela said this morning. Right? Another level. There's a time to be born. When you're born, you're a baby. Everything is done for you. All you have to do is, yeah, just a little cry. And mama, daddy, everybody in the house, hey, what do you want? There's going to be a time when, you, when they don't expect you to do that anymore. You cry, they just look and go back to what they were doing. You have to deal with your own problem. We have our own issues too. It's time for you to start doing something. You got to grow. You don't stay where you are. I want all of our church members to aspire to do something greater than what you believe currently. And according to the word Angela gave this morning, that's going to happen this coming year. I'm going to see people who think nothing about themselves spiritually, doing spiritual things, helping people spiritually. I mean, I'm not just talking about giving and, okay, you can have a sweater now. I mean, you're doing something that's changing their lives. Amen? 
And they love you because you're changing their lives. Bringing healing to their family. Amen. We have to grow through the word. He says, therefore, laying aside all malice. Listen. Laying aside all malice. These are some of the things that will prevent you from growing. Because the word cannot work in a bad soil. Remember this, the sower that went out to sow? It was still the same seed. But the condition of the heart can prevent the seed from producing. Not that the seed cannot produce, it's because you are not letting the seed to produce. So, it says, laying aside all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. All evil speaking. Every time you say a word to a Christian person about somebody, maybe Pastor Larry or something, well, I don't like, I think, Pastor, guess what you've just done? You've prevented that person from ever receiving anything from this man. And you're responsible. That's never good. If you have your opinion about somebody, keep it to yourself. You don't have to go to them. Maybe you are not called to be ministered to by that person. So you have your opinion. That's the fact. But don't tell anybody. Because you might be hindering people, other people from experiencing God. I've seen that happen. They were having a revival in Dallas. Fort Worth area. And we were watching it from Georgia, Athens, Georgia, where I was. And the revival went across the whole nation. And Nova Hayes was the one in charge of that revival. People were flying from everywhere, all over the world. People were flying in to, for God to minister to them. That was the first time that I had a different kind of uh, slain in the spirit. It was like a wind just blew me down. I mean, I flew and they were watching from home. There was a young man that had, uh, I think, cerebral palsy. He had so much faith he wanted to go. And so we were, they, they, they called me and said, good luck, can you take him? Uh, yeah. I was glad I wanted to be in the revival. <laughs> so we went to the revival and the man, a doctor that was called to take us to the place, as soon as we got in his car, he started speaking bad things about the revival and everything. And, you know, young man, I was thinking, how do I talk to this doctor? How, how do I... Can't? He said, I know those people. And then he kept going on with such, such negative things. By the time we got to the hotel, I finally started arguing with him. Because I couldn't stop. I said, no, I don't think... But by the time we got to the hotel, this man's faith was gone. He was, even when they called for healing, he wouldn't stand up. He wouldn't even go. I started yelling at him. Get up! You gotta come with me. We gotta go. He just he wouldn't go. And so everybody else around him, like, what's the matter with you, young man? Get up your front bed. They took him and so we went. Guess what? Nothing happened. This doctor destroyed it completely. My heart was so sad and pained by it. It was, it was terrible. Watch what you say. Watch what you say. He could have been healed because people were... I had it in that revival. Please give me a little time. In that very revival, there was a kid that was brought with uh, oxygen. And the meeting went so long, oxygen exhausted. And the woman says, he can't live without oxygen. He lived. They prayed with him. That little kid, baby, the mother was back. No oxygen. 
baby was free in that revival. Watch what you say. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and people sometimes speak words because of envy. And you don't want to do that. And all evil speaking. As newborn babes, what do we desire? The pure milk of the word. Why? To grow. Every Christian should grow. That's why we have Sunday school. It's not like pastor wants to have you in church. That's not my purpose. I want you to grow. Because when you grow, you can do things that a baby cannot do. You can wash the dishes. Hello. (laughs) You can help clean. You can take care of the younger ones. But if you remain a baby, you cannot do it. And if you don't have the milk of the word, you'll be sickly. But still go into church. That's why it's so important to me. I want everybody here during Sunday school so you can hear the word not just from the pastor but from other people and then you begin to put things together and now it makes sense. You know what that is? It's called revelation. And once you get revelation, you cannot stay the same person. It's almost impossible. Because that revelation will drive you until you do something about it. That's what this is. That's what this is. The pure milk of the word. Putting all these other things, hypocrisy, acting one way in church, and being another way at home. That's nuts. Your children, they're watching you. They know that you are different. You are at church, but at home, a tiger. Yelling at everybody. And once they know daddy's coming back to home now, the kids all fly to their rooms and lock the door. But on Sunday, he's a different man. He can be very calm until they get into the car. When the kids Remember this. When the kids see a different person in church and at home, Christianity is completely gone. Once they get out of your home, they're doing their own thing. Because they know this, is, this thing is not real. They, are all, they think everybody else in the church is doing exactly the same thing that their parents are doing. And they're not going back to church. No matter what you say, Unless through the grace of God, maybe when God changes you, they can see the new difference, the difference in you. That's what's important. You listening? I think most Christian children don't go back to church because their parents are different when they are in church than they are at home. And the kids won't tell you anything. They just make their judgment. And they not only judge you, they judge the pastor and they judge everybody. And they're not going back to church. No matter what you say, they're not going back there. You lost them. But remember, God's word, this is how important it is. God says he will bless you and your children and your children's children and on and on. God says he will do that. So when you are faithful to him, even if they go away, the Bible says they will return. But if they see that difference... It's very hard for them to come from it. Unless they meet somebody else that changes their mind and say, ah, wow, why is your family like this? Well, we go to church. That they begin to think. God will help us. Amen? The Bible says, you grow with this house. I'm closing right now. If indeed you have tasted of the Lord, that the Lord is gracious, you know what that word means? Gracious? Generous. Generous. If you've tasted God, you know that God is generous. You ask for something, He goes way beyond what you asked for. Amen?
stand up with me this morning. I pray you got something out of this word. Because my purpose is not just to speak and preach. And maybe get um, you did a good job. <laughs> I don't care about this. I just don't care about this. I just want you to grow up and be strong in God and doing things outside the church. I wasn't a pastor when I was, people were coming from different, traveling from different places to meet with me to get demons cast out of their family members. Happened here in Houston. I told the man, bring your, bring your wife to me in College Station. Guess what? They drove to College Station. I was in an ordained minister then, okay? <laughs> After they ordain you, you are still the same person. You just have a piece of paper. That doesn't change anything. Amen? So God is with us today. Say with me, my life's going to be different. From now on, God is going to use me. I am a child of God. And Jesus said in his word, Him and us, we are signs and wonders to the world. Guess what? You are a wonder. Say with me, I am a wonder. Because the word of God says so. Amen. Don't ever think of yourself less than what God has created you to be. I don't care who told you you are going to be nothing in life. That's stupid words. God says I have a future for you. And your future is very, very bright. It's a lot of light. God bless you. Pastor Josh, please come up. Thank you, Pastor, for that amazing word. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the viewers online, thank you for bearing with us and for the congregation as well. As we wrap up this Sunday service, you know, I get up here. It's an honor and a privilege, first of all, I get up here every Sunday to be able to um, say um, the personal savior and rededication of your life. And it's really a truly an honor. And I pray that we do not take this for granted. As time as a time, this is a holy moment. So if you are here today on online, bear with us. And if you have not made Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray that you make that decision right now. And if you have in the past, have I said, well, Jesus, I have received you as my personal Lord and Savior. But you know what, God? I want to rededicate my life to you. If that's you, we can, we can agree with you and make, God can make that happen today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you said, God, I don't know who you are. I, I want to understand who this awesome and great God is. I want to receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you today, on a count of three, I would like for you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. And also, if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but again, you have been astray from God, and you said, Lord, forgive me. I want to rededicate my life to you and only you. On a count of three, I want you to raise your hands so God can acknowledge that and honor. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So please join me. Say, Lord God, I believe that you are the Son of God. In Jesus, I confess my sins to you. Lord, 
teach me how to be less like myself and more like you. If you said that with a sincere heart, remember, it's the attitude of the heart. If you said, Lord, I want to make you my personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I want to rededicate my life to you. God said, you know what, son, daughter, for your faithfulness, your name has been written in the book of life. Son, daughter, I'm going to show up to you in this new season, in this new year, like never before. And before I get out of here, church, I shared a little message with the youth this past Wednesday. I'm going to leave you with a few words the Lord put on my heart. Unplugging and refocusing on Jesus for next year. Unplugging. What is the Lord telling you to unplug from and disconnect from so you can meet him in that intimate time of prayer, seeking his face and seeking his word? There's some relationships. There's some people. There's some things in your life that you need to disconnect from so the Lord can show you his mercy and his grace for your life. Now remember, as Christians, it goes from us to our children and our children's children and our grandchildren. So please, let us not forsake God, his word, or the assembly. God bless you. Y'all have a great Merry Christmas. And guys, before you get out of here, one last thing. Talk to your children. Talk to your spouses. Talk to your friends and family. Maybe spend a few more minutes with them. Send that text. Call someone. Ask them how they're doing. Because, God, we're blessed and fortunate to have church and family, but there are people that are hurting. So God bless you. Y'all have a blessed week. Y'all be safe and Merry Christmas. Love y'all.